look at a, um, the story of Matthew, if you want to look at it this morning. Go to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start off with Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This whole season, we're talking about God's purpose. And that purpose was to give us unshakable truth, <clears throat> unshakable proof and truth of his love for us. Um, and so God literally chose to become one of us. Can you imagine? And uh, he did that so that we could see him and let him walk in our shoes today, walk in your shoes. And uh, it's a powerful thought to think that he loved us that much that he would come and do this. Romans chapter 5, 8 um, goes like this. But God demonstrates his love towards us. And now, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The New Living Translation goes like this. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son as a sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. Can you imagine? And he did it to restore us back to a relationship with him. Love, my friends, just like the gifts. You know, I, I'm amazed at um, all the gifts that have happened this Advent season with everything going on. But I don't know if you even noticed Did you see that word love up on the altar? Let's see that there. Every week it's been the theme. Last week it was joy. You do good work with that stuff. There's great gifts. Just little things like that matter an awful lot. And it's the whole idea of thinking about, about uh, accepting the gifts of Christmas. God gives us these gifts. We don't have to earn them. We can't, well, we can't earn them. We can't buy them. We can't be good enough to have them. These gifts that we talked about of hope, these gifts that we can have, we, we don't try to get them. We have them uh, of peace and of joy. And then today, of this gift of love that we can have. We have these gifts because, simply put, God has given them to us. God has given them to us. And we experience them when we accept that gospel truth, um, the greatest story, actually, that's ever been told. When we accept that story, that life of Christ, then we get these gifts automatically. We don't have to wait for them. We, don't have, to, we have them, these gifts of, of um, hope and and peace and joy and love. I wish there was some way we could understand that we have those gifts. We don't have to wait for them. We don't have to, to hope that they come. And they are ours. Isn't that a great sound, that baby? I love it. <clears throat> the story goes like this. It's in Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to just read uh, verses 18 through 25. And I thought I, I wasn't going to do it. This all got changed last night, 1130. And I thought we should hear this story because we're going to hear it uh, Christmas Eve a couple of times. And this is the important time, uh, important thing of this whole story is, th is this story right here of why we're here. The greatest story ever told. It goes like this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the uh, marriage took place, while he, she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. Praise God for that. 
And he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he uh, considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said to him, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Okay, sure. (laughs) For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Praise God. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. Lord, or look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means nothing more than God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Praise God, huh? This is the word of God for all of his people. It's an amazing thing that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, would come and become God in flesh as a little baby, as a little baby born to a couple to save the, the, the world from their sins, from this very... Um, humble beginning of his life to the very end of his life. Jesus' story is nothing but about grace and hope and mercy in our lives. It's the unending gift that God gives to us. I don't know why you came this morning, maybe because it was the holiday season or whatever, and I don't know why, who's going to come Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but I hope that before this season is over, before today is over, that we'll get to hear that story, hear that story to where it changes our hearts and changes our lives. And um, we become one of those people who are thanking God for walking in our shoes. God became one of us. And I want to talk to you about that this morning, about his life, his death, and his resurrection his story uh, that is nothing but encapsulated in the, in the word love from beginning to end. And I think, if you want to write these down, it might make a little sense for you later on if you look at it. The first thing that we need to learn from the birth of Jesus is that love makes a plan. God made a plan a long time ago. Love makes that plan uh, for someone that you love, someone you care about, someone that you want to be around a lot, uh, you intentionally make plans to spend time with them. Spend time with them. Now, Phyllis and Ann and I, since I retired, I'm around her a lot longer and a lot more time, and, and she thinks I need to go somewhere sometimes. You know. <laughs> but uh, when you love somebody, you're watching out, out for their interests. Uh, for their concerns, envisioning that future that we have together. And the Bible tells us that before, before one thing was done, before the foundations of this world even began to happen, God are, had already chosen you and I to be his children. I don't understand all that. I don't understand the story, but I trust it and believe it. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and 3 through 6, you, you hear that God chose us before anything happened. 
before any, any hand went across and the stars were made and the sea was made and before all that stuff happened, God prepared for us a kingdom to inherit it. To inherit if we believed in him. You see it in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. Before the creation of the world, before the foundation even start, God planned. I would like to have been in on that conversation. God planned for Jesus to come and die for us so that we would be able to have a way to have that relationship with him. It's in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Before the foundations of the world even began, God in his uh, omniscient power promised us to have eternal life. Titus 1 through 2, verse 1 through and chapter 1, verse 2. What an awesome plan that is. Before he created anything, he had a plan in, in place for us to have a relationship with him. I like to play solitaire on my iPad. Uh, anybody like to play solitaire on your iPad? I'm glad I'm not the only one. I don't know if you know it or not, but the computer cheats. <laughs> I found it out. I found it out one day. I had, I had won the game. I was winning the game. I hadn't won the game, but I was winning the game, and I got down to the very last, and there was no more cards uh, facing up. All the cards went, and I lost the game. And I yelled at this stupid iPad. I said, you cheater. I had this game won all the way. I knew, I knew I had it won from the very beginning. Well, at that time, I was, I was, I was frustrated. And I, several times I've taken uh, solitaire off my, computer, my iPad because I don't want to play it anymore. Then I put it back on because I think they might not have put one that cheats on it. But on this one time, that one time that I got upset because I knew I won the game, there's, a, there's three buttons when you, when you push new game. Um, continue the game that you're playing, which I couldn't do because it was over with, or play this game over, or start a new game. You guys have the same controls? Yeah. So I, I did something really stupid, and I said, push this, I push, play this game again the same game we just played, because I knew I won it. I knew I won that game. You guys aren't with me, are you? I'm sorry. I knew I won that game, so I pushed that play again, and I'm playing the game, and, and I come to this one spot, and, and I realized what I had done. I had given the computer the option to beat me because I didn't play this one play that should have been played. So the computer says, okay, good. Way back, 50 moves back from where I was at, as computer said, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, the computer knew that the game was over then. Because I played the wrong play. I, I re, I, in that second time through, I made the right play, made the right decision of which card to play. I had two, two cards that I could have played. And I played the one on the right. I should have played the one on the left. You know, and then it was over with. And the computer yelled, you cheater! No. <laughs> no, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? But you know, I, I think about that, and, and that's what our Lord and Savior God has done for us. Something very similar to that. When he sent his son to, to be born in Bethlehem, 
He made a move. He planned a move that would secure everyone's future from that time on. Do you get that? In, that? in that whole realm of everything going on, all the moves that we make every day, all the things that we do in this journey of life, some of them are good, some of them are obviously bad choices that we make. But in that whole scenario, way back for us 2,000 years, Jesus, God, made a, a plan for us that if we just grab a hold, if we make the right move and grab a hold of him as our Savior, everything changes. Amen? When you love someone, you build your plans around them, and that's what God did, intentionally creating good for whomever we care about. The first thing that we learn about the birth of Christ is that love makes a plan. And then the second thing we learn is that it keeps its promises. Love keeps its promises. You and I need to grab a hold of that today. God will not go back on his promises. You wouldn't believe how many people I've, in my time of sharing and trying to help with people, um, people who um, um, are distraught and uh, lost from their family, people who are drug addicted, alcoholic addicted, whatever addiction they have, um, they come to me and they, they, they keep telling me that they're sorry. And they tell all their loved ones around them they're sorry. And I, I've always looked at them and I said, you've got to quit telling people you're sorry. Amen? You all with me on that? Because you don't trust anybody that says, I'm sorry, and then keeps on doing what they're doing, eh? Eh? Are you with me? Are you with me on this? It's, when somebody does something to you to break that promise that you have said, it's really hard to earn that back. And you can't just get it by saying, I'm sorry, and then go do it all over again. The relationships will never be put together. But when someone consistently keeps their promise, when they say, I'm sorry, and then don't do it again, when they say that, that changes everything. Actually, it lifts you up and it makes you feel like you're valued. But more importantly, it makes you feel like these guys really, this person really loves me. If they're not going to do that anymore, that really means something powerful. Someone consistently keeps their promises to you. It's an important thing. And I think that's what God does. Look back in verse 22 and 23 of, of Matthew 21, or Matthew chapter 1. The Bible says all this took place to do nothing more than to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophets. 700 years before the birth of Christ, prophet Isaiah came, came, and was called to deliver a message to King Ahaz. In Judah, he was a terrible person. And in the midst of his reign, <laughs> Syria and Israel joined together to attack Judah and, uh, and King Ahaz. But God, did you hear that? But God had a different plan. And he sent the prophet Isaiah to uh, Ahaz and he said, I am with you, even if you're not with me, it doesn't matter, I am still with you. Part of that assurance of the vision that um, Isaiah was given to Ahaz was to tell him that there would be a child coming. 
that would take the place of all of us. That would be the salvation for all of us. 700 years before God kept that promise. And he keeps it to us today. You, you need to write this scripture down if you're writing them down. 2 Corinthians verse one, or chapter 1, verse 20. No matter how many promises God has made, because of that manger scene, they are all yeses. Every one of his promises are yeses because of Jesus Christ. My friends, when you love someone, you keep your promises to them. Amen? And God is always faithful to his promises. The second thing we see, that love keeps its promises. The first thing we see is that love gives us a a plan. And here the third thing is, is love becomes a person. In the birth of Jesus Christ, we see the creator, the great I am, who loved us to know, loved us enough to want us to be known by, by all of us to him. How awesome is that, um, Emmanuel, God with us. God in the flesh through the birth of Jesus Christ. And in our hearts and our minds, and the Holy Spirit continues to grow, grow us in that grace and that knowledge of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. God, listen, God continue, God's continual presence with us is proof of his never-ending love for each and every one of us. Um, I was reading an article several months ago, and, and, and I picked it up again last night. It was by Bono. You know Bono from, um, what's the group he plays? U3? U2. U2. I thought it was U4. No. Is it U2? I don't know him that well, but I read this. He made this statement. What happened was Bono came off of um, a concert tour, and they were real tired. And um, it was Christmas Eve of that week, and he decided to go to church. A big church. And he went in and sat down behind a great big uh, stone pillar. And he said it was the dumbest place to sit in the world. I couldn't see anything. I could barely hear what was going on. And he said I got kind of tired and started falling asleep and thought this was the boringest thing I've ever done in my life. It was Christmas Eve and he was hearing the Christmas story. And uh, the preacher said, go to to Matthew chapter 1. So he picked up a Bible out of the pew there and went to chapter 1 and started reading it by himself. Reading it by himself. Now, I don't know about Mono's history or anything. Wasn't you two a Christian group? No. Okay. See, I'm glad I didn't listen to that music. It was rock and roll, wasn't it? Wow. Anyways, Bono said this. He wrote this down, and I think they wrote a song for it. I'm not real sure. Love needs to find form. This is, he's writing this down in the service through his tears because the story touched him so much. Intimacy needs to be whispered. To me, it makes sense. It's actually very logical. Essence has to manifest itself. Manifest itself. It's predictable. Love has to become an action or something concrete. It would have to happen. It would have to happen. There must be an incarnation. Love must be made flesh. Bono said that. I'm telling you, that's a powerful thought, isn't it? Um, that this guy was touched so much by that service that I hope it changed his heart. I'm glad I'm not the judge of that, amen? Well, as I was thinking about this last night, 
I went off on a tangent, you know, and you'll have to have a little grace with me, okay? Turn in your uh, hymnals. Pull out a hymnal, everybody, to hymn number 211. I want to show you something that I found many, many years ago. I found this in a, in a, um, a devotional. The oldest hymn, this is the oldest hymn known to mankind from the 9th century or the 8th century even, some think. Um, it was written by a bunch of monks. A bunch of monks, and it was written for Advent season. It was written for the last seven days of Advent. And every, every day of those last seven days, they would chant this verse, these verses that we have. They would chant those verses these last seven days. Are you there with me? These seven, do you see the seven verses? Four on one page, three on the other page. And then look below that. All these verses, these seven verses are nothing but telling us about the person Jesus Christ. These are all, every verse is a messianic verse. Telling us about Jesus Christ. Do you see it there? The first one is Emmanuel. You see it? God with us. God with us. The first verse is talking about God being with us. Isaiah 7.14. Sepatina is the second one. Wisdom. Wisdom from 1 Corinthians one twenty four. Are you all with me? You see where I'm looking? The third one is Adonai. Adonai talks about God being who he is. Uh, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that God raised, has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. The next one is a Redax Jesse. The root of Jesse or the stem of Jesse, Isaiah 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Jesus Christ, he's talking about. Jesse, by the way, was David, King David's father. And then we have Clavis David, key of David. Are we there? You with me? Am I saying everything in the right order? Revelation 3, 7. Read 7, 3, 7, he says... He is who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts. And no one shuts and no one's open except him. And then we come to the sixth one, Orion, Dayspring. Dayspring. This is not about Dayspring cards. It's from uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79. Listen to it. from through the tender mercy of our God with which the Dayspring... And that day spring in your Bibles, if you look at that, should always be capitalized because it's nothing more than Jesus from on high has visited us. And then the last one is Rex Genitium, King of the Gentiles, Revelation 7, 9. After these, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, people and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. Praise God, my friends. Do you see that song we just sang? That song we just sang, the four verses of, are nothing more than telling us about the person that loves us so much. 
So I hope the next time you think, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, it'll mean something more, diff- more powerful to you because it's more than just a song. All these songs we sing, it's more than just a song. It's telling us about Jesus Christ, the person that God loved us so much that he gave that person to us. Simple thing. A simple thing. All we have to do is believe it and trust it. It's simple. It's simple, but yet so difficult. Amen? God loves you, my friend. I want you to know that today. Will you pray with me? You know, I don't imagine we're all preparing for Christmas in different ways. But I hope that through these Advent Sundays, we've, we've more readily come to grips with receiving the gifts that God has given us at Christmas. That gifts of, of hope and peace and joy and that transformation uh, 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 gift of love, transforming gift of love uh, that God uh, means for each one of us to have because we trust and believe in the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, the life of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. Lord, we know that it's a simple story. We know, Lord, that it's easy to be taken granted for. But we also know Jesus. That God made a plan for us through you. That he kept his promises to us through you. And that he gave us your very essence because he loves us. I'm praying. I'm praying, friends, that this Christmas you'll be more fully ready. Like Bono, sitting down and being touched by the Holy Spirit in that moment. More fully ready to receive God's gift of hope and peace and joy and love than ever before in this Advent season. Lord, help us to accept it today for the first time or to reaffirm it again that we trust in your, your great gift of love your great plan, and your great promise to each one of us. We trust that today, and we believe in it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, so much. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us today. We pray all this in your Son's name. All of God's children said, Amen. So,